Hey y'all, welcome back to She's My Person. Ellen and I are super excited to be here with y'all. We are actually like in a good energetic mood for the first time in a long time. <laughs> I feel like the last couple episodes we've recorded, it's been like zombie, um, zombie mood. So we have a little more energy today. We're just going to talk about really just like how to not take yourself so seriously. I think that Elle has been a really big teacher for me in this because I tend to take myself seriously with everything and have really intense like standards and like I'm really hard on myself about stuff. So our friendship has actually been a really great way for me to just understand that like nothing's ever as big as it feels in the moment. And also like knowing that we have each other has been a safety net. So it's like I don't no, nothing ever feels like an end all be all situation anymore either. So we're just going to kind of speak to that and how we combat those moments when they do show up because they're bound to. But yeah, I think we're just going to dive in. <laughs> yeah, we're actually, we were laughing. We're, this is our first call that we've done just with us with a FaceTime. So this is a pretty big deal. <laughs> normally, no, we, we turn the screen off. <laughs> normally, normally, we get too distracted because we are obviously long distance. And so yeah, we end up just wanting to laugh and like, you know, talk about stuff that doesn't matter when we're, when we're on FaceTime. So we're going to be tonight. Yes. This could be an interesting call. No. <laughs> we do see each other in a week though. So that, that's also helping the situation. Yeah. Our Instagram, you, might, you guys might actually get like some real live content, which has not happened in a, in a while. So <laughs> we're excited. We're getting some photos taken too, because the first round that we did for our podcast was an interesting experience. Um, <laughs> We pretty much have Starbucks coffee cups in every single one. So if you see our Instagram, we're not star- we're not sponsored by Starbucks, but <laughs> this next shoot is going to be a little more in tune with our personalities. But I, you know, I would be an advocate to keep posting the Starbucks photos. Maybe someday we could get sponsored by them. It could be worth it. Yeah, oh, big dreams. Big dreams. <laughs> I'm in support of the big dreams, but I think, I think, our, I think we're going to have to be up to a little more than 50 plays before we're <laughs> Authorships, but it's fine. Everyone listening, start forwarding our podcast link to your friends, family, coworkers. I really don't care who, even if you don't really know the person, I will send you Starbucks for life if you do that. That, that person that you went to second grade with that you never talked to anymore. Yeah, just like everybody that you know, shoot, it shoot up. them a link. <laughs> we're really just trying to do this full time so that we're energetic every week when we come on here. But yeah, exactly. so we're seeing each other next week and we are excited. We have like a guest next week that's going to talk a little bit about like passion in your career. But tonight, I feel like the most important thing to just like bring up is we both have had high stress jobs. It's interesting. I'm actually in one now and like Elle was in one prior to her current position. And so everything like can really feel immediate. I know for me, like when I get a text from my boss or like, I have a task that needs done or something like that. Like, it's just, it feels like if it doesn't get done in that moment, like the world's going to end. And so I think like we both have experience around that and just like how to react when we get those messages, because I think it's really easy to go into panic mode. And then for me, when I do that, I end up being like super high anxiety all day long because it's like hard. Once you let your anxiety rise to that point, it's like hard to come back down. So I feel like that's what I've been aware of lately too. I don't know about you, but... For me, if I, if I get an email and I get stressed or I feel like I have to answer right away, I end up not really fully reading the email. I don't know if you do that, but I look at it and I'm so focused on getting back to that person or I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to finish this real quick. And then I look back at it and I'm like, I, I don't even know if that's what they wanted. <laughs> like, what did I even do there? Yeah, it's like a reactiveness, especially if it's like 
anything that in any way holds tension. So like for me, like any legal email that I'm responding to, even if it's just like everyday legal work, like, you know, that just needs done for bookkeeping stuff or whatever. It's like anything that's written in like intense terms. I'm like, oh my gosh, like found answers right now. And like, this could, be, like I can make a mistake or whatever. And it's like, then it's like a reactive response. And I think when we respond in that reactive state, it's like never our best selves either. So yeah, I agree. I don't even read the whole thing. I'm just like, oh shit. Like I need to, I need to respond like right now. <laughs> yeah. I answered the first question and then I look back and was like, I could have taken 20 minutes and like formulated a much, you know, more professional. <laughs> and taken like a couple breaths and been like, okay, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, I don't know why it's, it's as soon as you see, Hey, could you get this back or whatever? It's like that first line is I'm instantly like, oh no, <laughs> like I stopped everything. And I'm like, oh, But really, it's funny because I think about other people and I'm like, I feel like I'm the only person that does that. Like when you're in that moment, you feel alone almost. Like you feel like you're stressing yourself out and you're being, you know, you're being ridiculous and like you shouldn't be really that freaked out. But at the same time, you just feel like so much pressure is just on you. But when you think about it, I've sent emails even to coworkers that I'm requesting them to do something or I'm asking a question. And I don't think about them on the other side, which I mean, I don't have quite the authority that some emails I get is coming from, but I can't imagine they're over there freaking out about it. And if they are, then why are we all freaking out? Like, I don't, it's just funny yeah. to think about. Well, I think like anytime, for me, it's like anytime it's like a request. Like if I'm on a call, like this morning I had, actually I had a wild morning this morning. I taught three classes back to back and my class ended at 1028. I had to be on a call for my other job at 1030. So I literally had to like, cause the clients were still leaving. So I had to go to the back of my studio, like sit by the platforms and take this call. So I was like already in a pretty high stress situation. But then like, you know, as my boss was like throwing things on the call that she was going to need me to do when we got off, I feel like when you're getting requests, it often feels bigger than it is too. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. And I like, called my boyfriend. I was like, I can't work out today because like I have, you know, 10 things that need my attention. Like literally they took me 40 minutes. Like I was done with them by the time he came upstairs. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing that I feel like our reactiveness around requests can often make us like feel busier than we are. And then we spend so much time like focusing on how much we need to get done that we actually get nothing done. So it's like, it, it, it causes a lack of productivity. It's like you're thinking about everything you need to do. And then in reality, you're not doing anything. So it's like, it almost keeps you stagnant, to be honest. It it does. Yeah. The stress of it and like the anxiety makes you feel like you're never going to get it done. So you're just like, I have so much to do. I'm not getting it back to them on time. And then you're just sitting there spiraling. And then it's like, wait, I could have had at least half of this done by the time I was freaking out. It's, It's a very interesting thing, but I think, I mean, I, one thing that I've learned, and it's definitely still a work in progress, but I've been putting a lot of my emails in two separate, like I, I, the way I organize my emails is like different than this, but there's one technique that I've been using is I'll put a pending folder and then I have my inbox. So what I'll like, I know there's emails that I need to read and I need to get to, but I'll look through it, make sure there's nothing that I need to do like first or kind of prioritize it. And then I put that stuff in the pending folder and then whatever I want to work on or get to, I keep it in my inbox just because for like, I'll look at different things that are in my inbox and be like, well, I should get to that too. And then I start getting distracted just looking at different tasks that are in there. But if I put them in my pending, it's obviously something that needs done, but it's not something on my forefront. Yeah. I do something similar. I like manage, I have to manage my boss's email account as well as my own and the studio. So I have like three, but 
for her, she's a lot of different folders because she's like, she does so many things. She's incredible, but she's like an author and a speaker and she also runs programs. And so they're like, we have a lot of different communication points throughout that. So her folders are much more in depth than my own, but I do the same thing of like the urgency. And I also have a process with myself that like, I, I try to like do it the same order that you said, oh, like what's urgent, what's not. And then we have like weekly calls where I bring stuff that isn't urgent to her. So like, I'll just make like a personal note of that. And then like customer service is obviously really important. So like, I'll respond and say like, I'm going to touch in on this or like, you know, I keep them active on where the process is, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I got this email. I have to have an answer today. It's like, you know, you just intuitively start to realize whether it's your own company or you're working for someone like what's urgent and what's not. And then you can prioritize it accordingly instead of like looking at your inbox and being like, I have 800 emails that I need to do today. For me, it like helps me get more done. But I do, I do have a process that like everybody gets responded to within 24 hours. Even if it's just me saying like, hey, I have this on the agenda for tomorrow or like whatever, just like that touch point. Because all people really care about is communication. And I've learned that. And also with, you know, higher level contacts, like our legal team or whatever, it's like important that I'm waiting till I'm in a space to actually formulate a response because it's $500 an hour to speak to those people. You know what I mean? So it's like, you also like make sure that like, when you are sending responses and you are fulfilling requests that you're doing it to the fullest part of your potential, which doesn't happen when you're in that reactive state. So I think that can be an incredibly helpful thing. And I think it works for other things too, like not even just tasks. I mean, I think if you're a mom or like anything that you do on a daily basis, there's always going to be 5 million things that you feel like you need to do. But a good process is to like take a breath and be like, okay, well, what's like the next thing to do? Like what's the next right step? And if you do it that way, it's like, then you're always getting something done and you're not going to constantly feel like you have so much to do and no time to do it. Yep. And I, I agree. I think like you said, communication is huge. And if you are able to just send that message, whether it's a text message or an email and just say, Hey, I see this, I'll get it to you whatever day. One, it tells them that you, that you got it. Like sometimes I feel like people will send an email and wonder if you even saw it yet, or it's on your forefront. So if you just give them that first step in the process, and then you're able to turn around and be like, okay, now I told them that I would get it to them at this time. So then you made yourself accountable. And then it puts something on your calendar that you have to know, okay, by tomorrow and the day, I need to make sure that's done. So it becomes a priority, but it's not a priority that needs to be done within five minutes of reading it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I really think the communication is such a huge part. Like both the company I work for and like my business, like we're very values driven. And so like honesty and transparency and integrity, like all that stuff's really important. And so a lot of that is just really around letting them know where you are in the process. Like I had a task last week that literally took me five days to complete. And like, I know she needed it by Friday. So I touched in like more than once, like on Wednesday, I was like, well, here's where we are. And like, you know, here's, here's what's the holdup. And then she needed like, we sent it and she did an edit. So it was like, you know, there's, there's going to be stuff that's like an ongoing process. And so I think for me, I feel on top of it if I've communicated with that person, because I notice what stresses me out is it's like, oh my gosh, what if she thinks I'm not working on this or like, I'm not getting it done. And so just being like, this is what we're doing. Like giving that update can go a really long way when somebody's needing something from you. I agree. And I think it's funny how when you're on the other side and you're sitting there wondering like, oh, are they working on it or whatever? But when you get that message, hey, I'm, I'm at this point or I'm wherever, it's so much easier to then not feel like you have to reach back out. Like I love being on the side where you're updating and you don't feel like they're waiting for anything. Like they know what's going on. Yeah. When it takes, I mean, to like, 
follow that, it takes the other piece of anxiety away from it. Because like, I hate when I get an email from someone and they're like, where is this? Like, I was hoping to have, you know what I mean? So it's like, when you're not in that line of communication, then that reactive like anxiety thing starts to happen because they'll probably send another email like following up, like, hey, just checking in on this. And then it's like, I'm like, oh gosh, you know? So I think think it like, I think it limits the anxiety on both sides when everybody's just like transparent with the process. I agree. And I think it's so important too, to recognize that you're going to get tasks put on your plate and you're going to have things that you have to do, but also staying present in that moment of what you are doing. Like I know I have a lot of phone calls with the job that I'm in, but a lot of the time, like I have two monitors in my laptop. So I'll have my, my Skype or my zoom up on my laptop, but then my monitor might have my email set up so I can see the emails coming in. And if I'm not on a one-on-one zoom call, half the time I'm distracted looking at what's coming through on my email. You know what I mean? So I think being aware that there's going to be emails coming through. And for me, I need to make a note to maybe even just shut my email and just stay engaged in the Zoom call because what I'm going to be reading and trying to multitask is probably not going to be beneficial if I'm doing both at the same time. Well, and I mean, the virtual world makes everything a whole lot harder because like I'm way more present face-to-face with people anyway. Like I'm a big energy person. So like Zoom is a whole new world and it's also really hard. So I think like distraction, whether it's kids or emails or like whatever, is a very, is a very real thing. And I also think we all fight for like that feeling of accomplishment at the end of the day. Like nothing feels better to me than like when I get in bed and I feel like I did everything that I needed to do that day. But I think in order to have that, like we have to set realistic expectations because if I'm being honest, the days that I don't get everything done, I probably knew I wasn't going to get everything done. So like I probably should have put what could get done tomorrow on a tomorrow list and like crossed off everything that was on today and like felt good about it. And so it's like, you know, if you know you have 5 million errands to run, you're probably not going to get the laundry done for your family today. And like, maybe that's not on the to-do list. I feel like you're your expectations of yourself too, which like we touched on last week around hormones, but it's also important just with day-to-day stuff. Cause like life is, life is hard, especially right now. And so I think there's like a lot more grace. I think that there's stuff that like maybe you used to be able to get done and like now it's not as much of a priority. And so, you know, just being honest with yourself around that, because we almost always know what we're actually capable of in a day, but it's like, nope, I'm going to be superwoman. And I'm like, for example, this week I signed up for 7am cycle bar for like three days. I got late three because I knew, I knew I wasn't going to go. I knew I was going to be working until like 1145 for my other job. And so it's like, you know, but then I feel guilty because I get charged $10 and I don't go. So I think just like the honesty piece with yourself too, like doing the check-ins, not only with the people that you have deadlines with, but also with you, like, you know, is the timeline I'm giving them actually something I can honor because it's, it's not beneficial for anybody for you to like say that you can do more than you actually can. Yep. And I think too, accepting that the task that you had in mind going into that day might not be your priority task. Like, I feel like I'll get done with the, with the priority thing. And I'm like, oh, good. Now I can finally work on these four things that I've been dying to get done, but they aren't technically a priority. So they go on the back burner. And then another email pops up. Hey, can we have this by whatever time? And you know, if you don't start working on that, you're probably going to get behind. So it's, it's definitely... A learning process for me still, but it is funny to look at different things that are not necessarily a priority and be okay with them not getting done if yeah. they aren't. Because like yeah. you, I love going to bed and being like, oh good, everything in my day is done. Like I don't have to worry about this tomorrow. But half the time there's always going to be something you can think of that needs done, even if it is laundry or cleaning. It doesn't always even have to be work related. But knowing that 
what needed done is done and you're still going to wake up and be able to work on the next thing is the most important part of it and being okay with it. Yeah, definitely. I have a friend that always says like we plan and then we watch life happen. <laughs> it's like so true. Because, like <laughs> no matter how much you plan and how much you think you're going to get done, like there's always going to be things that show up that you're not prepared for. So yeah, I mean, I think we could talk about this all day, but like on this point, I think the biggest thing is just like communication and also setting realistic expectations, which for right now is like probably different than it was a year ago because the world's still upside down. So if you're homeschooling your kids and you're trying to do laundry and you're a full-time like employee and wife and all the things, it's like there has to be space where you realize like you're doing the best that you can. And if that, if that is the fact, like our best looks different every single day. And that, that's really all that you can ever ask of yourself. So it's really hard. Like Elle and I are good about reminding each other of that, but it's really hard to remind yourself of that. Cause it's like, you're always going to expect more and like set an unattainable standard for yourself. Cause we're just all wired to believe we should be able to do everything and anything. So <laughs> what was, I think it was a, a client of yours or a friend said something about measuring success to you. Was that today? Um, well, no, it was actually, it was a while ago, but I thought of it because I was like, I was, I'm actually working on a post for like what it feels like to be a brick and mortar business owner right now. Because like when I was sitting in the back corner of my studio today, I'm like, good Lord, if somebody had told me a year ago, I was going to need a second job to support my first one. And I was going to be exhausted all the time. Like, you know, it was like, there's, it's been a really tough year. And I had like, I used to write all the time. And lately, like, I just haven't had the words because like, a lot of it just feels like I don't even know what's happening. I'm just showing up and the days are passing. And it's like, I'm finding happiness where I can. But right when COVID hit, I remember being really scared about paying my rent. And so one of my clients like took me to dinner. And it was so funny because she and I have never had dinner before. Like I have some friendships with clients. Like that's something we do. Like we have dinner on a regular basis. But this particular client, I've always loved her, but we've like never communicated outside of the studio. And she's like, I'd really like to just have you over for dinner. Like, you know, just, just to see you and see how you are. And so we sat down and we were talking and she's owned a business for a long time, like I think 25 years. And she's like, Jenna, you know, in my time, she's like, we've had, cause she was a part of the other economic downturn that happened in 2008. And she's like, you know, business has always ebbed and flowed. Like it always will. And she's like, I was a lot like you, like I had very intense success metrics that I measured everything by. And it was daily sales reports and like how much I was able to pay my employees, like how much money I had in my bank account. It was like all of these like tangible reports of success. And she's like, I can look at you today and tell you that the only thing that will ever matter is, was I fair? Was I honest? And did I have the courage to make the tough calls? She's like, that's really the only way that anybody can actually measure success. Like it's never... She's like, the money in your bank account as a business owner is never going to reflect the work that you've done or the impact that you have made. And she's like, so it like, it's, it's not the way to measure success. She's like, success is in doing every, and that was, that was one thing. Like when my studio closed, like I made a commitment that like, no matter what I needed to do to fight for like my clients and my team, even if it was hard for me that like I was committed to that because I wanted to make sure that we reopened. I wanted to make sure that my employees didn't have to go without a paycheck. And actually out of everything in the last year, that's what I'm the most proud of. Like there hasn't been one payroll that's been missed. And like, I'm, I'm insanely proud of that. But it was because like, I had to do things I didn't want to do. Like I didn't want to have a second job. I didn't, you know, and it's like, but 
But again, it's like, it wasn't about the money. It was like, what, what can I do to make a bigger impact while supporting my studio that needs me in a different way right now? And it was weird for me because being a business owner has most of the time meant living inside my studio. And so like my business needing me to work another job and to actually show up there less and to like support my team in a new way. You know, the only thing that I knew how to do was be fair, which was like, making sure that my girls were getting paid and like, be honest with them. Like it's, we're not in a good position right now. And I have a second job because I need to. And you know, the, the courage to make the tough calls is still happening because we're still under very deep restrictions. And so it's like, you know, they're starting to open things up, but like my clients still have fear. And so it's like, I'm having to make tough decisions that I know are going to like make some people happy and make some people not happy. And it's like, you know, I'm a big believer in like, we have to honor our integrity because at the end of the day, like I'm never going to make the right call all the time. Heck, I don't even think I make it half the time, but it's like, if, if I make it from like that integrity place and I can defend it. So like saying that you operate in integrity and saying that you're going to be fair and honest and have courage, like it doesn't mean like I'm a warrior and I do everything incredible. It's like, it's literally saying, I can defend the bad decisions that I make or the things that go wrong because I didn't act out of integrity when I was making them. And I think that's like a differentiation that people struggle a lot with. And it's like, you know, that was really important to me through all of this, no matter if we had zero or negative dollars in our bank account, but like I wasn't making decisions that were out of my integrity because I wouldn't have been able to stand behind them. Not then, not now. And I wouldn't have been proud of like my business still standing if I had done that. So yeah, it was just, it was a very interesting conversation. I don't actually think I even took her advice until recently. Like looking back today, I was like, you know what? Like that is how I'm measuring success now. I don't refresh my daily sales report 20 times a day. I don't have a heart attack if the studio doesn't make this amount a month. Like, you know, I'm just operating on like, am I doing the best that I can? And am I being honest? And a lot of times when you're doing that, everything works out the way it's supposed to, as cliche as it sounds. So (laughs) yeah. And I think, I mean, in leadership or just in any kind of, and not even work related, I think in anything in life, as long as you stay true to yourself and you're not trying to be like, I feel like you get this mindset that, oh, I have to have a professional side and I have to have like my fun side or whatever. I personally, and I think I've been doing this more recently, I kind of put it all together. Like, obviously I'm not going to get on a call and talk right, go right into everything about my personal life. But I think that you can still stay true to yourself and still be who you are and professional at the same time without having to put on these different faces or wear these different masks because you're talking about a business deal going through. Because when I, I mean, the calls that I get on where people are real and they're being themselves, that's the ones that I feel like are the most genuine. And I think that's where the best work gets done because everyone's intentions are where they need to be. Everyone's staying true to integrity. Like I think, like you said, impact is the biggest measurement of success, in my opinion, because you're impacting the people around you, whether it's as a person or in their career, we're all just trying to survive together. If it wasn't for people, where would we really be, you know? So I've learned, and it still takes me some time because I think confidence plays into it too, but I've learned that as long as you provide the information that's needed, you don't have to say these crazy professional words or terms. (laughs) Well, no. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so true. And my boss is actually incredible at this. It's, it's been something that I've learned very deeply from her because she's the same all the time. Like she's honest and transparent and has integrity in every single one of her interactions. And she holds herself deeply accountable to that. Like she feels very deeply if something is out of alignment. And like when you're in tune with your integrity, it's easy to tell that it's easy to tell if a business relationship isn't lining up and 
you know, it's like, I don't actually, and that's been a huge learning point. It's like, I don't actually want people around me professionally or personally that don't meet me with the same values. So it's not worth like showing up at work as a different version of myself, because it's like, if you can't rock with me and like what I believe in and stand behind what I'm trying to create, then it's like, it's this, this isn't the space for you. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but it's like, unfortunately, when we are choosing to operate that way, we have to know that like, not everyone's going to want to stand with us. And that's actually the point. It's like, the point of operating that way is surrounding yourself with people that are going to respect that. But it also means that there are going to be people that you lose along the way too. And I think that's okay. In fact, I think it's healthy because it's, it's not saying like, I'm better than you. It's just like, we aren't in alignment. And so for the betterment of both of us, like we probably shouldn't continue this relationship, whether it's personal or professional. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a super strong believer that like work, love, play, life, all of it is like one thing. It's like, if we can't, you know, if we can't show up in integrity in one area, we aren't going to show up with it in any other area either. And I think to your point with, you know, working with someone that might not align with your beliefs or what your values are, it could even be a learning experience for them on the other side, because maybe they just haven't experienced that mission driven situation. I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to really find what you're passionate about or what you're looking for. And a lot of times when you're not aligning, it's because someone's not doing the role that they're meant to be doing. It's, it's never really, oh, this is a bad person or, you know, I, I, I believe everyone's good that they just maybe didn't go into the situation with the right intention or they weren't in the right mindset. So regardless, I think that, you know, both sides of the situation are going to learn and it's going to be a really great ending point for everyone. It's just, you have to have that communication and say like, Hey, we're not supposed to be doing this together or that looks like and know that it's okay to not work with that person. Alignment alignment should be easy. I mean, Ellie, you're like the best at seeing the best in people. Like that's a deep skill of yours. So I love that about you because you're like, there's good in everyone. And I'm like, I don't know if I always feel that way, but it's fine. But no, I mean, I think that, I think that alignment is supposed to be easy. Like, like our friendship, the relationship that I'm in currently on a professional side, like the relationship that I have with my manager, like I literally trust her just as much as I trust myself. In fact, most of the time more. And it's like, that happened naturally. Like it was easy. Like I just, it was like an intuitive cue to hire her. I didn't even look at her resume and I was like, yep, I want to do this with you. She, it's her first job of this nature and she crushes it. Like I never wake up like wondering, oh, I wonder if she did that or if this got done or if the studio supported. It's like, she just does it. And so it's like, there are business relationships out there that are easy. It's like, there are friendships, there are relationships, but it's like, we're, we're almost programmed to think that it has to be hard and that there has to be drama and that we're supposed to have to like work at it and have these like really deep, sweaty conversations. And it's like, no, you're just not supposed to be aligned with every person that walks in this world. And that's just the truth. And it's a hard truth because I think sometimes we're like invested in a person for some reason or whatever. And it doesn't mean that you can't love, respect and cheer for them, but it's like the alignment might not be there for you guys to work together or to have a close relationship. And I, even though I don't see the best in people the way Elle does, I get deeply hurt when I like have to like lose somebody. Like I'm not good at goodbyes and I'm like terrible at it in my relationship life. I've recently gotten better, but it's like, I, she's laughing because I, I can see her face right now, but it's, I hold on. Cause I'm like, well, no, like, you know, you, you do see the good in everybody, but just because you see the good in them, it doesn't actually mean that like they're in alignment to be a part of your world. And I, I think the difference between the two is like the hardest, but also the most supportive when you like understand the difference. Yes. And I was laughing because <laughs> you struggle with that. You have gotten much better though. 
I have. Big turnaround. When you, when, you, when, you when you meet the right guy, when you meet the right guy, it changes everything. It really does. Uh, yeah. When you meet someone where, because like everybody used to tell me like love is easy. And I'm like, oh my, who the heck have you been loving? Because like love is not. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, and I think it's the same with business or with friendship or whatever. It's like people can speak to it all day long. But like when someone actually shows up and you're like, like I actually said to him, my boyfriend today, I was like, life with you just feels so natural. Like, it's just, it's easy. And it's the same with my relationship with Elle and my working relationships that I have in the studio now. And it's like, it feels good. And it's, that's how it's supposed to feel. And it doesn't mean that there isn't conflict or you don't have things that you work through. But yeah, I, I think that it's supposed to be easy. It's just since, until we have that experience, we're programmed to believe that it's supposed to be hard. Exactly. And going back to what you said about your manager, I mean, for you, you were really handling a lot of the work for the studio for a really long time. And I think if you hadn't met her when you did, letting go of a big chunk of that would have looked a lot different if it wasn't with the right person. Like, I think it worked out so well that she was there at that timing because otherwise I feel like, you know, that would have added so much more stress almost than just doing the work yourself in a way. Yeah. Well, and, some, and that's the thing when business relationships aren't easy, especially if you're a business owner, hiring people can actually make your job harder if they're not in alignment with like what you're trying to do. But yeah, I mean, and, and I think like, it also takes that for me to know, for me to know that I even could let go. Like she just started showing up and it was like the trust was built naturally and honestly quietly. Like she doesn't say a whole lot. Like she's very quiet and like very strong and like just handles things. And it was like a gentle trust. Like we didn't have any deep emotional conversations like that is in our relationship. And it's different for me because I'm normally like, I need to pour all my feelings and, you know, we have a close friendship, but it's like, it didn't take work. It was just, it was just like, yeah, we are supposed to be here. This is supposed to be our trust level. And it's, it's to the point now where I'm like, I don't know what I would ever do without her, you know? And so I think, I think it's just like, it's a big reminder. And I've watched you all like on the other side of that, like being an employee, like finding what it feels like for it to be just like easy, you know, and like good and for it to be in alignment. But I almost think we need the hard experiences. Like I don't regret any employee relationship that I had or any friendship or even honestly any relationship. Cause I'm like everything, like I learned something from, and I don't know if I would be able to appreciate the fact that I don't have to micromanage my business or that I actually get to just love my partner instead of try to fix him or like all the other things, you know, that like I used to have to do in the past. I wouldn't know how beautiful that is if I didn't have the experience of it being hard, you know, which now I'm quoting my song, like the hard days, or maybe it's Brantley Gilbert. I don't know, but yeah, (laughs) you don't really know until you've like experienced the hard days truly. So. Yep. Yeah, no. And I, and I think that's what everything, like you said in life, you, you really do have to go through hard stuff. And I know for sure there's going to be more things, probably even harder things that we'll both experience. But at least knowing at the end of the day, like you get out of that situation. And I think that's the most important thing when you're going through it is just realizing this isn't forever. Like I feel like even with the smallest stress situations or big things that you're going through, it's really hard when you're actually in that moment to kind of step outside of that and be like, okay, this is gonna, this is gonna pass. It's more in the time frame of that, you're thinking, this is my life forever. I'm always going to be in this state. And in reality, it just, it changes so much that you just can't hold on to either side of it. Well, and the more that you get the courage to like push everything into alignment, it's really easy to spot what isn't, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. when things are feeling good, it's like, oh, wow, that doesn't feel good. It's like very, it's like very obvious. So I feel like although it's so up, like you do get better 
at being able to like set the boundaries where you need to, I think. So yeah, I love how this conversation went totally in a direction. I didn't think it would go. It's great. You know, like, so I know we were so silly. And then all of a sudden we just really just (laughs) so (laughs) ran to work. This might actually be the longest serious conversation we've ever had while looking at each other, I think. I think so too. And that also probably shows that we're probably still a little stressed right now. So we felt the need to talk about stress because I'm still kind of stressed, but I'm definitely doing much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely stressed. I was like at a high level today. I was like, I needed to, I had some weird thing going on with my shoulder, which I went to the chiropractor. So I'm feeling a little less like my shoulders are all the way to my ears right now, but yeah, no, I think, I think stress is, I mean, stress is inevitable right now. I think it's just like learning how to combat it in the best way that we can, you know, which sometimes is five minutes alone. I mean, it doesn't have to be this like grand gesture, but yeah. And finding, you know, relationships that are supportive of you being your best self are also very important. So yeah. Yeah. But we'll be really happy next week. We're going to record live y'all. So it's <laughs> Although the first time we tried to record live was when we were launching our podcast. We were like, let's try to record four episodes in a day. We didn't actually know how how emotionally exhausting this is and how much like energy it takes. We're like, yeah. Especially when it's your first time and we just thought we were going to bang them all out. (laughs) We had like like 48 hours together and we're like, we're going to launch the Instagram. We're going to get pictures taken. We're going to have four episodes recorded. We're going to be so on top of the game. And y'all, we, we didn't even get 10 minutes of an episode recorded. We recorded an intro that we couldn't use because the music was copyrighted. That's pretty much the only thing that we got done. So, and then we took some yeah, shitty pictures. <laughs> yeah, me bossing the photographer around. It was a great time. It's a great time. <laughs> so this, this next trip will actually, hopefully, a good episode together. Yeah, I think our <laughs> I think our podcasting confidence has increased. So, yeah. But yes, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week and that'll close out our business series. So hope you all have a great weekend.